The Rice the Ricky Sanchez podcast is presented by DraftKings Sportsbook. Sign up for DraftKings Sportsbook by using promo code RTRS. And brought to you by Briggs Auction in Delco. Wow. New partner of the Ricky. That's right. The official auction of the process. Go to BriggsAuction.com slash Ricky to win our bi-monthly prize. That's right. Adam Kasabi, the official realtor of the process. We'll talk more about Briggs Auction later. Uh, Adam Kasabi, the official realtor of the process and stateside Urban Craft Vodka, now available in Florida. Uh, get your Surfside iced tea and vodka, <clears throat> and they are the official sponsor of the Corner 3 newsletter, statesidevodka.com. On the show today, uh, the Sixers with a, a letdown loss against the Wizards. That's what we'll call it, call it after their big win over the Memphis, Memphis Grizzlies. Maybe the best win of the year, follow up with that piece of garbage. A new story and podcast comes out that just really changes the entire narrative on the situation with our point guard who's sitting at home. Oh my God, <laughs> so fucking bad. Is Tyrese Maxey untouchable and more? On the pod. Before we get going, two quick things. First, from Deacon. Hello, gentlemen. I was hoping you may be able to help me out. Back in September, I was deploying to Niger. My friend Dan Callahan wrote the pod and gave me a really nice on-air send-off. Unfortunately, now ben, this Ben Simmons trade request is beyond exhausting. I am still in Niger, and I'm missing Dan's wedding this weekend. Dan's fiance Julie, is one of my wife's only friends, and I met Dan as one of the many boyfriend of girlfriend's friends that are everywhere once you start going to everything as a couple. Dan and I immediately found a ton of common interest, the Sixers and the Ricky being the top of the list. We quickly became friends. Dan and Julie are the two of the most wonderful people you'd ever meet. They managed to be remarkably kind and thoughtful while being remarkably interesting. Oh, come on. Probably not that interesting. They have a sense of humor, makes you laugh, but never seems to come at anybody's expense. I don't know that I've ever met two people better suited for each other. I'm so excited for them. I was hoping you could join me in wishing Dan and Julie congratulations. 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 I find Dan to be one of the funnier names. Dan? Just like something funny about Dan. Dan and Dave to me are just a funny name, normal, normal guy name. Speaking, you're not old enough to remember Dan and Dave, right? That uh, advertising campaign, the Olympic no. advertising. Oh, I remember great... no advertising campaigns. They don't work on me. Oh, yeah, right, right, right. You should. There's a a thirty for thirty pod on it. Uh, Dan and Dave was really, really a, a time. And then also, but so congratulations, uh, Dan and Julie and Dave, whoever you are, and Deacon uh, from Deacon. So, and then also stateside vodka. I am drinking the regular vodka, but the Surfside iced tea and vodka is available. Only 100 calories? What? No carbonation? What? Just lightly sweet? A can so cool you wish it was a t-shirt? Come on. Statesidevodka.com. We love you. Stateside Vodka. Without any further ado, Amos and the Chef. Welcome in to the Rice Ricky Sanchez podcast. I'm Spike Askin, along with a guy who, if he won't return your texts, just go visit him unannounced at his well-known California gym. That is Mike Levin. Here we are. It is. Letdown, it was a, let, a letdown game after the yeah. very exciting Grizzlies win without Embiid. Um, to lose to the Wizards without Brad Beal at home is bad, but it, it just doesn't bother me that much. Me it just kind of doesn't. Maybe normally it would, but it doesn't. The Wizards are a desperate team. They lost five or six in a row. They didn't have Brad, so there's a galvanizing force. Beals, like trade rumors are happening. The trade deadline's in about a week. Um, the Wizards bench just made a ton of shots. 
Um, and Kyle Kuzma's good. He's just good. Is he, is he like a number one option? No, obviously. Um, is he as good as Lakers fans thought he was? No, obviously. But he is he's pretty good. good, though. He's, he's yeah. a good NBA player. And I really like the way he cuts. He defends hard. He tries. He's athletic. He's big. He hits shots. Like, he's a good player. But, um, yeah, just a, uh, an annoying loss, not a frustrating one, just sort of like a, they should have won this game. And you thought, like, when they were up, like, five or six with, like, four minutes left, you're like, all right, pull away, end this one, win by 12, let's go home. And they just kind of didn't get it there. I think Rich just Hoffman a, noted that Embiid didn't have much touch tonight. I think that's right. He also yeah. didn't get to the line much as normally as he normally does, only eight times. I think Doc was kind of pissed off about that. But, uh yeah, I mean, you look at the numbers and it's just like Sixers shot 40% from three on more attempts than the than the Wizards. Usually that would do the trick, but the Wizards uh, got a bunch of offensive rebounds and the Sixers didn't turn the ball over either. It's a weird game to lose. It's a weird game to lose. I think the Wizards just like hit enough shots. It's a, it was kind of a bizarre, bizarre one. Yeah, the... Um it was definitely a letdown game. It was just, I tweeted like middle of the second quarter. This is just like some regular ass NBA regular season game. It's just some like, just fucking stupid, boring. Can't believe people paid for it. You know, they, I, it didn't bother me at all. I did think when they were up five, I was like, ah, oh, they're, they're going to do this again. They're just going to dick around for three and a half quarters. And then they're going to beat a team that they're better than, but I, they, I, they were due for a letdown after that Memphis game. And uh, I don't, you know, you don't want to lose to a team on the second night of a back-to-back on the road. Yeah. But, you know, what? Yeah, I mean, it's a, weird, it's a weird game to lose. It's also, like, understandable. It's just kind of like, it just kind of exists. We are now, we're floating in February uh, pre-deadline morass. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, they're not, you know, we know what this team's bad at, right? Maxi was a plus nine in 38 minutes. And it's just almost they, like a win. They were a minus 12 in the 10 minutes he wasn't on the court. And that's because they tried Miles Powell. He really doesn't look that good. I think he's a better player than he, than he is. I think he just seems like not comfortable at all. Um, they need ball handlers. They need a guy who can run some offense when Max is in on the court. So we need uh, get one of those guys, <laughs> please. Um, you know, the, I, I need a good in-season Daryl trade because... The George Hill thing didn't work out, and then they let no. him walk inexplicably. And he's playing fine basketball in Milwaukee, I think, although they're struggling a little bit too. Um, not too. The Sixers were the two seed in the East prior to prior to losing tonight, so there things are going totally fine. But could use an infusion of speed, ball handling, some creation a little bit. But you know, we're we're, we're just we're riding out the clock. We're waiting for the deal to happen, whether it's a, the Simmons deal or in addition to another deal. It's just like I'm st- I'm sitting in just like a weird place with this game because I'm like I don't. It just doesn't bother me that much. But you're looking at it, you're like, well, you should have won, assholes. Like, what's going on? So, I'm, but I'm not mad. But I'm perplexed. Yeah, I'm, I'm feeling like you're gonna be mad in like a week. Actually, that's, that's my. We'll, we'll get to it in a minute. But I, I, I that's my gut. I'll, I'm gonna because we didn't get to do podcasts after the Memphis game, so I'm gonna bring that that up. I'm I'm typically the the you know the glass half empty sort of guy you know that's my it's my role it's but that's sort of how I feel in general I the uh, that Maxi game like he's he's way better than I thought he could have been this year he's just way fucking better I I still think he looks like a little kid when he shoots and I'm gonna like I'm gonna need a full season maybe two full seasons of him shooting to buy it. Cause I, it just, he still looks like he's throwing it up there to me. Even the form looks fine, all that kind of stuff. But man, the, there was just no way I expected him to be, to improve as much as he improved this year. And anyone who thought he was going to, I, th- I thought was full of shit. And I was dead wrong. I just, I had no idea it was in him. I, I was happy when they drafted him like everybody else. I, you know, I was optimistic like everybody else, but then I just became, I became like the slow down for a minute guy, everything, but he's, he's improved. It's just such a, such a hilarious contrast between the other, the, the guy that we're going to talk about later and, and what, 
what happens when you're a really talented ball player and you put the work in and you care about getting better and you take that shit seriously because it it makes a massive difference. And he's just fucking, he's really good. That man, that game was was incredible. It was, I, you know, it was incredible to watch John Morant. He's one of those dudes that when he's floating in the air, he can hit a guy and then just sort of stay in the air and maybe move to the left in the air. It's one of the craziest things I've ever seen. But for Max, every bit, I'm not saying anything that anybody didn't say or think, but him going head to head with Morant in that game, he's not as good as John Morant, but that's some shit to, to go up against a guy like that and, and, you know, and match him. It was awesome. It's a great moment. He's a great kid. I'm scared to death that they're going to have to trade him, but um, he's, he's just way better than I thought. I would have never guessed, never in a million years. Yeah. I mean, I, that's the first time you're saying you're, you're being in this effusive, I think. So that's, I think that's a big step. Um, and yeah, I mean, we talked before the season and I was like, what if he's just like Mike Connolly? Like right. end of like the current, not twilight, but like down slope. Mike Conley's playing good basketball. Not, nothing against Mike Conley, but he's not like as fast as he used to be. He can't hang on defense as much as he used to, et cetera, et cetera. But it's just like, what if he's just like capable and does, does simplifies the game and stuff. And I think we were like, man, that'd be crazy if he could do that. And he's just really, really good. He's like the fact that he's not as good as Ja, he played almost as good as him for a night. Like Jaws an all-star all-star starter. Yeah, like, Jaws awesome. He's fucking Jamarant's awesome. Yeah. And Maxi's just shoot like he has burst, he has obviously the speed f- to win the game on the last bucket to just like blow past Zaire Williams who's a good young defender and then contort his body and have body control around Jaron Jackson who's a great rim protector. Uh just like over and over again and the step back is legit like he hits it regularly. He looks like he gets comfortable. That's it, it's a it's a shot that you can just tell that's just like, he's working on it, he's working on it, he's working on it. And you can just see it, like evidence of that happen. He hit a shot, he hit a three tonight. I think they might have ruled it to two, but it was probably foot on the line type of thing. It was a two, with, a step back. With a guy right in his face. Yeah. You don't see that very often on this team. Um, but he elevates, he gets good lift on his shot. So like, I'm happy to see him keep taking that. He just looks confident. He's just great. And uh, he had a step back on one possession and then a blow by on the other. And then the next play or a couple plays later, the defense pinches in on him on the on the pick and roll on the strong side. And then it's like a little easy kick to Niang for the three. It's just like game looks really easy for him right now. Um, he should get more foul calls. He doesn't. Hopefully those will come and he'll figure out how to how to, you know, be more savvy about that. I've obviously talked plenty about him needing to, you know, have a couple more change of pace moves and stuff, but he doesn't turn the ball over. Seven assists and no turnovers tonight. He's he's incredible. Um, there was a report. There was an article from um, I've been meaning to say this for a long time, but there was an article from Michael Pena in uh, Sports Illustrated about Maxi, maybe about a month or so ago. Um, and so th- these stats aren't correct anymore, but it still illustrates how important he is. When Maxi's on the floor, the turnover rate for the Sixers is the best in the league. When he's not on the floor, they have the twenty seventh turnover rate in the league. <laughs> Um, that's crazy. That's a crazy stat. Like to be that, that different. Well, like the ball, him having the ball in his hands, such a big difference. And that's why if you can, you know, we've, we've talked for so long about like surviving the non Embiid minutes, but Drummond is like, has been, you know, he's Drummond and, and it's a regular season, but he's been pretty good. He's been better than I thought he'd be and has won them a couple of games. Um, but now we're talking, so we're now we're talking about like surviving the non maxi minutes. Well, and it would be it's, uh, it's bizarre. It's a bizarre thing to say about a tw- your second year player who was drafted at twenty one. Thank you, Mike Muscala. Um, we're just in a it's a really nice place. And Daryl, even if the Ben, do- like we'll get to it, but something, some, someone needs to be acquired who can dribble the ball. Well, on that's this team. The thing that you said was informative. It's great that they have the best turnover rate in the league with Maxi on the floor, but it would be nice if they had a backup point guard. You know, for nice. for when he's not on the floor, it's really nice. And Shake would help. Shake's been out, yeah, but he's obviously not hasn't have a ton of burst either. So it's just like it'd be and, nice to get easy, more easily manufactured offense when when he's not on the court. And and it seems that the way that Doc talked about Shake the last time he talked about him, I, I don't know if if Shake is is anywhere soon to coming back anyway with his his back. Um, I want to talk about our new sponsor, a new partner, Briggs Auction. Wow. In, in Garnet Valley, B-R-I-G-G-S 
auction. So I want you to go to briggsauction.com slash Ricky. Go to briggsauction.com slash Ricky. Put your email address in there. Twice a month, we're going to give away like a little weirdo Ricky prize pack. So first one we're going to give away is an Alien Iverson doll from the night that he retired. Wow. And a, and a Ricky Sanchez rookie card. <laughs> That's right. So go to briggsauction.com slash Ricky and sign up. So what's Briggs Auction? So Briggs Auction is a- uh, I'm actually four, asking, so this is informative for me. Yeah, so so they've been around for four generations, owned by the Briggs family. Steve, who is, uh, his mom is Briggs. He's not a Briggs. He was the guy who reached out, Ricky guy. And what Briggs Auction is, is they do estate auctions. The reason why this is so cool, and once I started going to the site, my buddy actually told me about this site, about- two months before they ever reached out about being a partner of ours is that right now, when you go to buy furniture, I just waited seven months for one part of my couch because of all the supply chain bullshit, any furniture, coffee tables, all that. So they do estate auctions. So they have this great, unique furniture in there that you're not going to have to wait. You get it in the auction. You just go pick it up at Briggs. And if you don't want to pick it up, they work with shippers, all that kind of stuff. But these auctions, like thousands of lots, new auctions every uh, week. I was looking like from, from great mirrors to Marshall amps to, uh, to furniture to like just, and, and all styles. Cause they have all sorts of people. He was telling me, and we have this video. He did Pat Croce's estate auction. Wow. Um, it, it, Pat Croce had a Houdini, um, a Houdini collection. Deeply very strange. Yeah, not at all. So go to briggsauction.com or just download their app, the Briggs auction app. It's in Google play or the app store. And you can bid lots as, uh, as cheap as a dollar pick up very easy on Saturdays or by appointment, or they can get a shipper for you. Or, and if you want to auction your stuff, you want to do an estate auction, send a note to info at briggsauction.com. Again, the Ricky giveaway, briggsauction.com slash Ricky. I promise once you start looking through this shit, I said to my wife one day, I was like, yo, how about these cool chairs that are hands? It looks like you're, you're sitting in a hand. Sure. She didn't want them, but, but I'm telling you, if you've tried to buy furniture recently, this is, this is what you want to do. Create art that you're not going to find anywhere else. I hate going to somebody's house. They have the same shit as me. Anyway, BriggsAuction.com. Welcome Briggs Auction. Go to BriggsAuction.com slash Ricky and sign up for the, uh, for the giveaway. And it's also nice environmentally to buy used antique, those kinds of uh, vintage types of deal, which I like doing. And, And fucking Delco, man. Stelco, four generations of Delco. Delco, Garnet Valley. That's that's where my uncle lives. That's where cousin Alec lives. Anything else on this game? We want to move on to the hilarious fucking- Um, I thought it was interesting that Doc closed with Niang over Danny. Um, I think he did it because of um, wanting a little bit more creation and rebounding, which I understand. Danny came in in that last moment for Matisse and and hit that three to give him a half half of a shot. yeah, I mean it's tough. I, I I like I like occasionally going with a with a Danny Matisse lineup together. I think they're interesting defensively. I think without Ben, it's nice to have two of those guys on the court together. I think they're developing chemistry. There was one play where they just swallowed up. I think it was KCP, um, and I think Matisse does it is you know his his offensive game comes and goes when he hits shots. He he had a, had a nice game against Memphis, but. I think he just kind of seems like he knows where to be more and knows what to do more offensively. He seems like he's simplified. He doesn't look lost anymore. He obviously still needs to add a ton of skills to his offensive game, but like, just seems like he's doing fine in that department. Danny, Danny looks really slow in rotations, like really, really slow defensively. I think it's good that he's on the bench. I think the shot, the shooting is helpful for the bench, but he can move his feet once he starts moving. But like, it takes him a little while to get going from a standstill. Like he is slow to contest. Everything. Kuzma got a bunch of open looks because he's just slow to contest. He's trying to like help too much and then just like get back to your guy and he like waddles over there, takes him a while to like turn those hips. You can like hear the hips creak. Um, so that's tough. But you know, nice game, Isaiah Joe. I liked I liked what he did. Yeah, Shooting it was nice. Movement. He hit a few threes, right? Hit three threes. Yeah, three. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Shooting off movement, off the dribble. Um, he's not just like a Covington type standstill shooter. He has some like shake maneuverability to his game. Um, I I can still, I squint, I still see something special down the road. And maybe that's not like 
you know, squinting so hard that your head starts to hurt. It's not like Devin Booker, but like Terrence Ross. Like, I think that there's a little bit of that. At least Shamit, like a Shamit facsimile. Well, you've um, really you've really come down over the last couple of months from Devin no, but it's Booker a squint. Like, look, it was always a squint. It was Terrence never Ross. like I I believe in this, but I just see some. He's more than you know. He's a better ball handler than Danny is ever was, kind of thing. Like, there's something there, but you know, he still gets out muscled all the time. Um, but I love I love him shooting and shooting from distance. He got out muscled by Dinwiddie on a rebound. He's got to put on weight. We keep saying that. I think Kate Scott said he's like looks. It was either tonight or the other night. Where he's like, looks like he's adding some muscle since the season. I, I don't really see it, but maybe they're just being generous. Um, so that's I thought that was nice. Niang did play well. I thought he cut really well. Um, helped Embiid on cuts. He, Embiid found him under the rim. Embiid passing wise, AU made this point because it's easy. It's easy for me especially to like get trapped in the in the present and 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 lose like what a guy looked like very recently. But AU reminded us on Twitter in the Celtics series in the bubble when Ben wasn't there and it could have been like, okay, here's mm. Joe's, yeah. here's Joel's, you know, you run the offense, you be a distributor, all that stuff. Joe had five assists in the entire series. Five assists, whole series. And like, he just gets those regular now. He's improved so much in that area. So much. He had that whip pass to Isaiah Joe in the corner for three. That was like right by Corey Kispert's hair. It was, it's really, really cool to see him do that uh consistently six assists no turnovers tonight how did they lose this game i really don't understand they had four turnovers they had four turnovers what is this going what's going on um but joel i mean let's just for a second joel back-to-back players of the month that's ridiculous that's a ridiculous Wait. sentence well january's his month it's always been his january month. always was his month that's true we've always had that yep. january um He's just he just looks he didn't he didn't have it tonight like entirely and still 27 14 and 6. Um the hesitation move. His balance is so good. You have to respect the drive. You have to respect his ability to just like scoot by you. He's just unstoppable at his size. And there's when he's locked in, like there is there was a video I saw going around of like him and Durant going back and forth and it's just like obviously He's not, he's not that, he's not Kevin Durant as a shooter, but like he has modeled himself after those guys, like the Kobe and and MJ video. Like he's just so impressive at his size and you can't say it enough at his size for him to be that good as a shooter and that agile, he's unstoppable. And there's, and on nights when he's like, kind of didn't get everything he wanted, it makes you realize like how often he does. Um, He's unbelievable. I feel like we, we got to get into it. Uh, man, one one this, more thing. One, one oh, more yeah. thing about Tobias. We're going to talk about Tobias yet. Uh, mediocre Tobias like, game. Yeah. Very mediocre Tobias game. He is, tell me if you notice this. He runs into charges in transition more than anyone I've ever seen in my life. He does. That is such so a often, good notice. Yep. He's, he's bringing the ball up. He's got momentum. He, we like him as a straight line driver. One yep. guy parks himself in front of him with like 20 feet of runway. And Tobias yep. is like, I'm going right into that guy. Even he makes it, obviously it's almost always when he makes a pass, which I agree. If, to, if we, me and Tobias got in a conversation, <laughs> I agree philosophically that you shouldn't, there shouldn't be a charge call on a pass. I agree with that. I think charge calls are bullshit. They do it too much. Ref just like point in the other direction and feeling But cool his are it. never bang, bang. They're never bang, But his bang, are very bang. often bang, bang. This was a bad yeah. call because he, he like avoided it a little bit, but like it happens all the time. All the time, at least once every two games, he him in transition running into somebody who's standing there holding their crotch. It's it's awful. And then at the end of the game, inexplicable play to try to go one on four. Maxi was wide open on a hit ahead, wide open to take the lead. And Tobias just like didn't see him. He doesn't make passes. He's not a guy that likes to make those passes. Um, and then goes one on four and decides to make a jump pass behind him, almost turned it over. And then Joel got the ball knocked away from him by a nice play by Kuzma. But yeah, I mean, look, Tobias has been good to goodish lately, but there's just so many things that are always going to frustrate about us about Tobias. But his offensive game has been like, it has been more consistent. It has been more like simple decisions. Yeah. Inexplicably one of two from three tonight. What are we doing? How's, how's not, he doing this? I'm just, not, I don't every, want to give him any credit. I don't want to. No, it's not credit. It's just like he's been better, but then you yeah. still look at all the things that he does wrong and you're like, come on, what are we doing? All right, let's go. We can move on to the, to the, to the clip. Okay, first, First, the uh, a reminder 
not only are we on video on YouTube now, we are also on YouTube on uh, video on Spotify. So thanks Spotify for adding our video. Just play it like you normally do in the videos there. You can also give us a rating on Spotify. Um, one to five stars, give us five. We're at 369 reviews with an average of 4.9, but our Apple podcast five-star review, great pod. This comes from Jonathan. I can't even see. The light is weird in here. The Color Star investigation was great. Strongly recommend for all Sixers fans. Great pod. Thank you. Five stars. Um, actually, before we get to the the clip and the, the Simmons story, the the at DraftKings, the Joel Embiid MVP odds have shortened again. So I'm I'm never gonna be over this. So at DraftKings Sportsbook. Five weeks ago, they were plus 4,000. And some of our listeners got them at plus 5,000. I never fucking bet it, of course, like an idiot. So then a week and a half ago, they were plus 1,000, then plus 800, then plus 450, then plus 230. Now he is plus 200 favorite. Jokic is plus 300. Giannis at plus 370. Sixers still at plus 1,900 to win it all, right there with the Lakers. Ahead of the Bulls, though, which is pretty wild. Um. I, I just can't believe Embiid is like the MVP favorite, like the legit actual favorite. It's amazing. Yeah. Uh, yeah. The big game coming up in what? Nine days. Super Bowl official sports betting partner of Super Bowl 56 is DraftKings Sportsbook. You get 56 to one odds on either team. Bet five bucks, get 280 in free bets. If your team wins, see new customers, bet five bucks, get 280 in free bets if your team wins for Super Bowl 56. Also, same game parlay the Super Bowl, like a fucking lunatic, get some plus 8,000 odds on something, win, post the screenshot, get likes and retweets and the money. That's what same game parlays are. Safe, secure, reliable, make deposits and withdrawals when you want. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app, use promo code RTRS, get 56 to one odds on either team, bet just $5 to get 280 in free bets if your team wins. That's promo code RTRS at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of Super Bowl 56. You gotta be 21 or older. Minimum age and location requirements vary by jurisdiction. See DraftKings.com slash sportsbook for full list of requirements and state-specific responsible gaming resources. This is new. This is a lot. Void where prohibited. Gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER in Tennessee. Call or text the TN red line 1-800-889-9789. In Connecticut, call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org slash chat. In New York, call 1-877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY. What the fuck is this? What the fuck is this? A lot of very specific instructions. If your name yeah. is Carol, text. Yeah. <laughs> okay. All right. So what do we do? We, we have to start with the article, I guess. Earlier this week, Ramona Shelburne, I, I would actually, she wrote an article about like the, the cat, you know, the chaotic inside of the Ben Simmons fiasco, yada, yada, yada. After reading this article, and listening to her on the Woj pod today, you guys are a fucking disgrace. These, I know you're just doing a job collecting a check. This is not personal to Ramona Shelburne or Woj or anybody just, or Shams writing whatever the fuck somebody tells them, just eat like so obviously and transparently. Is anybody bored of this shit yet? Like this, this just awful bullshit. Like how... You did you listen to her on the pod today on the Woj pod? I did. I didn't listen. Uh, to it. I couldn't. I couldn't so we'll, we'll we'll play we'll play the Woj clip, which is hilarious. And and her, she's saying what she's saying out loud is just so embarrassing. Like she sounds so embarrassing. And I know inside of her, she has to think this is embarrassing. Like I'm a reporter. I'm a pro journalist. I work for fucking ESPN. I made it. And now this is what I'm doing. We need to, to just fix this. Like, just write about something good. I, I, when Woj used to write those ridiculous takedowns of LeBron early in his career, at least mm -hmm. he was doing something, right? Like he was writing something. Just what the fuck is this? Do we, uh, do we need it, like, Twitter shit that bad to be just reporting this bullshit? It's just so bad. And then, and then, what do you, I, what do you I, be, be more specific? I'm not, I'm not sure exactly what you're, what you're saying you don't want. I, I don't want 
these obviously fed stories there that is. everybody not, notices knows are obviously fed to, yeah. for whose benefit they act mm-hmm. like it's this negotiating tactic. You could just call the other teams. They hear like the real shit. This doesn't need to be public. It just creates this drama. And I actually think it makes the league look silly. And I know everyone thinks that this is what drives like engagement, blah, blah, blah. It doesn't drive like watching the games. If anything, it's annoying, I think. And I, I, I think the game is, the actual basketball games are very, the, the quality of the NBA is really good, you know, mm-hmm. the last five years. And they don't need all of this. And I think it takes attention away from, I, I hate to be the, you know, the, the boomer about this, but it takes a, the attention away from the game. I, some of this drama is good. It's just too much of it. And it's too fake. And it's too obviously fed by somebody. And this is obviously fed by Clutch, who, by the way, is is out of control of the situation. And you, th- this whole thing read like Ben and his, I, I know you had a relationship, but it reads like Ben and his brother saying, you would have had us traded by now. Fucking do something, do something, do something, plant something. Because there's no way Clutch just wants him sitting home anymore. I don't know, I just no, thought the whole sure. thing is embarrassing. And I bet, I bet, I bet the offers for him are not even as good as we've seen. If there was an offer of Tyrese Halliburton and and Harrison Barnes and two first round picks, this guy would be out of here so quick. Tyrese Halliburton is worth more in a trade than Ben Simmons is. It's not, it's like not even close. Or John Collins and Bogdanovich and a first round pick. These aren't real offers. I don't think. Um, I, dis- so I, I, I disagree with that. But okay, I think there's anyway. no reason for Daryl to not make to not at this point. Once we got past like the beginning of the season, it's like I'm waiting until the best possible offer, especially as the Sixers kept surviving and now over the last month doing very well. It's like you may as well wait to make sure no one's giving you the best offer. Just because a trade hasn't been made yet doesn't mean those trades don't exist. Those offers don't exist. What I would say here, here's uh, possible. If he doesn't make a trade at the deadline, then those offers don't exist. That would be my take if he yeah, because maybe. there's a because there's a serious chance that past the deadline his value could go down like w- m- three more weirdo stories you know about what's anyway I, yeah i don't know that so, the value is going to go down at this point i because i agree with you in the sense that like it's we've been saying this whole time there is a middle ground trade that they could make mm-hmm. that allows them to get the tr- the guy that they think that they really need in the summer that also helps them now and just gets this whole fucking thing done with it so you of avoid just ostracizing Embiid's been doing great. He's been put on a brave face. Everybody's happy. Everybody's fine. But like, you never know if no, if nothing happens at the deadline and then they like draw, get the four or five in the first round and lose to like Miami or whatever, like it could get bad quick. So mm-hmm. like there's, there is a middle ground trade to be made. Even if it's not perfect, if it's not the height of the value, mm-hmm. you can then flip it. And then we figured out there's, we're not saying trade him for CJ McCollum. We're not saying trade him for another guy where you're like, you can't possibly move him ever where you're just locked into this team for like, you know, maxing out, you know, a, a third, a second Tobias. But there's a trade to be made where you can help the team this year and also be flexible this, this off season. Anyway, like, like this, he, this he's uh, okay. So anyway, so the story, let me just read a couple clips or a couple, you know, things from this story from Ramona Shelburne. The most recent event that pushed him back into the Sixers facility, a source says was when a photo of him, playing in a five-on-five run with local guys and former NBA players like Deion Waiters and Deontay Christmas at Cherry Hill High School East was posted on social media. The image did not go viral. It was just in the Instagram stories of a former Temple University player named Samaj Inge. Samaj Inge, baby, let's go. Who has 3,187 followers. He was good. He should have played in the NBA. He was good enough. Long, lanky, defended. That's what the story is about, right? Me me thinking Samaj Inge was good. (laughs) But Ben Simmons saw it and knew it was only a matter of time before he'd be scrutinized again by the curious or the circus. According to sources closest to Simmons, he's upset that Embiid seemed to blame him for last season's playoff loss when Simmons did not blame Embiid for Embiid's poor showing in the playoffs against the Toronto Raptors. He's frustrated. So first of all, that one's fucking hilarious because that was the series that no, Embiid did not look his best, but the Sixers were like a plus a hundred while he was on the court. Yeah. (laughs) In like like 10% of the minutes, they were like a minus 90 or a minus a hundred or some shit, like an unbelievable amount. I should know the numbers. I I think I willfully don't, didn't memorize the numbers because if I knew them by heart, I would be upset all the time. 
He's frustrated Rivers didn't come to see him while he was training in Los Angeles last summer. Simmons doesn't dispute that he didn't reply when Rivers texted and called him several times over the summer to ask to see him. But in hindsight, Simmons feels Rivers and the Sixers could have done more, like show up at a well-known gym in the San Fernando Valley where he was training. Insane. 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 Don't chase me. Don't chase me, but chase me. Don't chase me. Don't come. Don't come to this. Don't come to LA, but but you should have came. And you really should have came. It would have been better if you did. Right. Does anyone not say, remember that come. story? What where they were they were told not to come. They were getting in a plane. Yes. They were, yeah. They were cutting on a plane to come and be like, We love you. We've always loved you. You're the love of our life. It's fine. Look, he doesn't want to be here anymore. He hasn't wanted to be here for a very long time. That's fine. That's that's allowed. He's allowed to feel that way. I think he's wrong to feel that way, but he's allowed to feel it. And then ever since that that distinction has been made, where he's just like, I don't want to go back there. They have been searching and searching and searching for whatever justification is the closest to them. And they've just like reached and, and tried this one for a while. But this hat on, this hat is green. I'm going to put this hat on. This hat is red. I'm not wearing this hat. It's just like just trying different stuff on. And as if we weren't around before. <laughs> for the other part, yeah. For the other hats. We were there. We heard those. It can't, it's not all of them. You don't want to play there anymore. That's fine. But it is bullshit to say that Doc wasn't uncomfortably generous over the course of the season publicly. It made us ma- it made to, me mad to say that like Ben doesn't need to do anything different. He's perfect. He shouldn't have even a single more vegetable. Wouldn't <laughs> do, I'm not going to give him a single bit of criticism ever. Not one. And you're wrong because you haven't played basketball to like tell him that he should shoot ever or do other stuff. And then one time after the after an embarrassing collapse where they've lost they they fell they've dropped twenty plus point leads three times in the series for Embiid to be like yeah that one play felt like a turning point that's not blaming him for the entire series that's not that's not throwing him under the bus so much that it's forever it's like that that is a turning that was a turning point that's obviously the case Doc was a little bit more but it, people acting like. The Sixers just like stomped on him and said like horrible things. I'm fucking reading. I'm fucking reading blood in the garden, which is great. And you should get it. And they said more horrible things about everybody during the season all the time, all the time. They punched Charles each Smith other was in the just face. bullied by, by these people. He should file a lawsuit of mean and Ben being like, then being like, could Ben be a championship level point guard? I don't know. You say yes. Like he should have said yes, but like, I also don't know. And if you, and like many people don't know if your coach says it, it's a little bit weirder. Yeah, for sure. Embiid saying this turning point is objectively true. Maybe like stop asking him like quite leading questions to criticize his teammates. Then I don't know, but like everybody knows what the situation is here. Ben doesn't want to be back. He's reaching for whatever it is. He thinks he's better than he's played. He's certainly obviously better than he was in the Hawk series. He's certainly like a better player than he showed then, but we're just all, waiting for this to happen. And I don't blame them to be like, I honestly, right now, I, I think that it's frustrating me that nothing's changed. Like not that he hasn't been traded, obviously, although that does also frustrate me, but like either Ben should have fired clutch or Ben or clutch should have fired Ben. Like, or wait, but by the way, for four weeks, everybody was just comfortably shutting the fuck up. Yeah. You know, like it was, it, I was actually feeling this vibe. It's like, oh, maybe everybody's forgetting that this is fucked up and maybe this would help with a trade. Like I just, it seemed like everyone had agreed to sh- go home and shut the fuck up. And I, I just, I don't know why this popped up. The, the, the timing is so bad. I, th- I think that they're concerned that he's not- He's not gonna get traded. Gonna trade him. And we, forever, for everybody- we got to play the other quote, but like, he's never going to play here again. It's not going to happen. So just like (laughs) if the Sixers are holding out hope that like we can convince them after the deadline, I really hope they're not. I hope it's a, it's a negotiating tactic. And like, they know to tell other teams we're, we're not desperate to trade them. We can wait until the off season. It's totally fine. I really hope that that's a lie. I I don't not that they have to trade him for fucking anything, but like there's going to be a trade that's above the line. That's like this is the best we're going to get. We can help Joel, Joel now, and we can get this fucking thing over with. Um. All right. Let, then we can get to the the quote. Which yeah, is, but I want to get I want to get to the Woj quote, and then I want to play one clip from Shelburne too. But I I wanted to read one more thing. 
so that they're telling the story about how Rich Paul convinces him to come and and show up for the Sixers. Remember when he just showed up outside the building? <laughs> yes. So 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 Rich Paul tries to convince him. Simmons says he understood. And when his older brother Sean Tribe agreed with Paul, the decision was made to fly back to to Philadelphia to Simmons. This was a grand gesture of good faith to the Sixers. It was a surprise, uh, and the least under a player under contract could do. He was offended, sources close to him say, that the Sixers still find him for not playing in the preseason game, even after he rushed to arrive to the arena before tip-off. Whatever mm. good faith he thought he was showing, it hadn't been appreciated. <laughs> and then my, my favorite thing is, we don't give a fuck about the money. One source close to Simmons says, that's not what this is. It's hard for people to understand. But if you believe in what you're doing and this is not the right situation for you and you're trying to get to a better place, the money doesn't matter. You just adjust. It's easy to tell when someone is hurt when they have a cast on their arm, but this is mental health. You can't always see it, but you ask yourself, how many people would lose a dollar over this? That should tell you everything. No, come on. <laughs> so then Ramona Shelburne goes there was on also, the there, there was also a line in there that was saying like, it, there was an article from on ESPN months a year ago, I guess, early probably early twenty twenty one, where it was like Ben need needs to be pushed. He needs yeah. to be motivated. And in this one, it's like you need to coddle him. You need to kiss him on the mouth. You need to rub his lips. <laughs> you need to like wash his feet, and you need to tell him he's perfect. And you need to tell him he's a perfect little angel. And it's just like everyone's just reaching for justifications. It doesn't. It doesn't matter what the truth is. He just doesn't want to be here anymore. And I believe that it's unpleasant for him. I believe that like he probably has anxiety about coming back to work after what happened. I believe that stuff, but it's also like he doesn't want to be here anymore. He doesn't want to see these people. Doesn't think his teammates trust him. They have good reason not to. Doesn't want to work for doc. I wouldn't want to work for doc. Seems annoying as hell, but like it's just, it's just over. And it's just, it been elongated because He's, his value is not as high as he thinks it is where he can just like tell whoever trade me and they just go like, okay, cool. Like, and so he's just, he's been stubborn. The team's been stubborn and it's just gone on for fucking (laughs) almost a year. So wait, so Ramona Shelburne goes on the Woj pod today. I never listened to the Woj pod because God bless him. He sounds like sort of like a robot. I don't really like sports podcasts anymore. I just, but I, I had a listen after I heard this quote. So Woj is like talking about the idea of Ben coming back and playing for the Sixers. CJ, can you can you, can you play? <laughs> Given the way this team's playing and yeah. how badly they wanted to win in Philly, yeah. if Ben Simmons shows up, all he needs is for Joel, Doc Rivers, yep. Tobias Harris to say, come on guys, we need you to support him. We yeah. can win it, we can do this. He's coming back to play. I bet you the opening night there, he'd get a standing ovation. Do you think so? I really do. <laughs> you fucking idiot. He's yeah. not going to get a standing ovation. So, so I can't tell if this is like propaganda or willful anything. <laughs> it's propaganda. It's propaganda. But like, let's, let's treat it like it's on the level. Let's okay. say that this is an argument that they're making in good faith. Okay. That he's saying like, I think mm-hmm. if... Let's count the ifs. If Ben decides, I actually want to play for the team that I've been saying for seven months that I don't want to play for, for a coach that I have said sucks total ass, don't want to play for. <laughs> and for, with, with teammates who I have told, don't fucking come, save your breath. I don't want to see you assholes anymore after getting kicked out of practice. For, for seven months, I've been saying that. If Ben decides, actually, I do. And not only do I want to do that, I want to own up to my mistakes, take ownership of, of, of the responsibility of, of, that I had in, in the Hawk series, which he did a little bit in the postgame press conference right after the Hawk series. But like of the months of what happened, this whole charade, take ownership of that. Apologize for all of the leaks, all of the weird shit I've been saying about Joel, like I'm a Colangelo and get, get those players back on my side to be like, 
we, I, I made a mistake. We should go in on this together. So the players have to then be swayed by that after him being like, fuck you guys for months. They have to be like, that's a good argument. That's a persuasive argument. Ben then has to go to the media and talk to the fans himself where he takes ownership of those things and is more vulnerable publicly than he's ever been before. Where he says, I know I need to work on my shit. I know I need to shoot. I know that I was bad in the Hawk series. And honestly, I had a lot of struggle. Whatever, whatever he wants to say, he would have to be very vulnerable to get people to be like, oh, fuck, he's a real person. He's not just some like smug, quiet very rich person that doesn't really have a personality and like has a bunch of big cats and dogs and like he's got feelings and here he is like laying himself out there to be like here's what here's what I'm about and my bad and I'm sorry and I love the city of Philadelphia and I still live there and I want to come back and I want to like commit to this team he has to basically say like my all my mental health stuff passed it I'm good I've I've conquered it and so then once he's, once he's convinced all those people, all the media and all those people, then he has to have Joel not only believe him, but believe him enough to want to go to the fans himself, get on the microphone before the game, which he has done before, but now yeah. we're months later and say, guys, we love him. He has to plan a big fat kiss on him during the game, right before the game. And then they're going to play. And that would require all of those things have to happen. And then Ben has to also be there. I guess let's say for the, for like opening tip, he gets a big round of applause. That is so many ifs. That is so many ifs of things that haven't happened before. I think it's like expecting unreasonable people to act reasonably is not how the world works. I watch real housewives. I look at Lisa Vanderpump. She is a narcissist. She is not a reasonable person. She's not handling things well because she's unreasonable. So saying like, well, she, if she just did this, then it may be fine. That's not who she is. Ben is not that person. I'm not saying Ben's a narcissist, but like he's not, he hasn't done the things he hasn't done. So why would it be, oh, it's just so easy. Just do this. He'll show up. Everyone applaud. Not to mention the fact that like, this is Philadelphia and we hold grudges and he's, basically told everyone to fuck off for a long time publicly as publicly, publicly as they could repeatedly yeah. through leaks for whatever leaving his teammates out to dry leaving and beat out to dry in an mvp season yeah in a, a maxi and a big second year step up season all that stuff tobias is owed a big apology because he's gotten the spotlight on him for all the bad reasons that that he has all of those things have to happen and then i was texting dave ruder about it who i love but who is must be absolutely drunk because he agreed with that and dave's like and if he like shoots a three oh in yeah the first totally. game oh then it's that like would, yeah if he does totally all of those things too. that he has never done before yeah. and then also decides like hey all the stuff that you guys have been mad about yeah i got i got over i i'm do i'll i listen now <laughs> now i'm listening now i'm doing all the stuff like i obviously i i obviously think he's a very good player i, th- I probably am on the higher side of of thinking uh, about his uh, potential and current value to teams than most people, certainly on this podcast. But those are an insane amount of ifs to happen before Woj should just get on a podcast, slinging his dick around, being like, <laughs> yeah, I think everyone would just cheer him. Everyone give him a big standing ovation. Welcome back. What, what an ignorant, dumbass thing to say on national media. What a fucking stupid thing to say. What an ob- objectively wrong couldn't be more wrong thing in the world to, to say. Yeah, Embiid could make a, some fans say like, hey, don't boo as much. And they'd probably be like, all right, you're Embiid. Like, we'll, we'll listen. But there's like 30% of people that are going to boo no matter what happens. Even if he came back, apologized, you know, got a, bought the city like a bunch of more Rocky statues, pandered the shit out of it. Like, yeah, there's, pe- love, there's 30% love of people are going to boo no, ma- no matter what. Yeah. 10% of people maybe would, would be like, okay, and then there's a middle ground that he could sway. But that's so many ifs to even get to that point that it's just so, so unlikely. And for you to cavalierly just be like, oh, yeah, they probably cheer him. They probably cheer him. It's probably the easiest <laughs> thing in the world if you just did all these things. Insane. Like yeah. gross negligence of brain function. Woj and Ramona. Get out of here. That's, that's what I mean. So I want to play Ramona in, in one second because you have to hear her at the beginning 
the sob story she tells about Ben at the beginning of this podcast. Uh, before I do, Adam Kasabi is the official realtor of the process. You might ask me, how do you spell Kasabi? K-S-E-B-E. Buying a home for the first time, you want to do it before they raise interest rates, like three times this year, I think. First time in March. You got to get Kasabi. K-S-E-B-E. They run Delaware. They run Maryland. They run the Delaware beaches. And if you don't want to buy a home, <laughs> I know. If you, if you don't want to buy or sell a home in Delaware or Maryland, that's okay because he'll find you a realtor in Pennsylvania, in New Jersey, in New York, whatever, like he he did for me. Adam Kasabi tells you that if you're going to look for a, uh, a shore home, not New Jersey. No, no, no. Why don't you, why do you want to pick Delaware over New Jersey? Well, Delaware has great options from Lewis to Rehoboth to Bethany to Dewey, but also the property taxes, Jersey. I know Jersey property taxes, Jersey down the shore, you're spending, you know, 10, 15 grand a year in property taxes in Delaware, the same sort of house. You're going to spend a thousand to $2,000. Uh, and when you're buying a house, you're spending hundreds of thousands of dollars. It's scary as shit. Uh, you need somebody by your side that you really trust. And Adam Kasabi is that person. The Adam Kasabi team is based out of Long and Foster in Bethany Beach. And truly, I mean, if I, I, he cannot sell you a house in PA or New Jersey, but he can give you all of the advice you need and find you somebody. 302-864-8643. 302-864-8643. Adam Kasabi is a trusted member of the Ricky family and the official realtor of the process. Once again, you can call or text 302-864-8643. Okay, so I mentioned Ramona was on that podcast. She was on in the beginning. And here is the setup. I just want to, it's like two minutes of just, this is what set me over the edge with this, this whole thing. And plus, uh, really a tremendous behind the scenes of where we are, uh, how we've gotten there, or how they've gotten there, we're not there how they've gotten there in Philadelphia <laughs> with Ben Simmons. And this is a story that we've all together been reporting day by day for months. You took a step back in this piece, Ramona. I know you talked to everybody involved. What surprised you about what you found in your reporting uh, in this piece that, that maybe the day-to-day -day wasn't maybe illuminating to you or to any of us? You know, I, I think, um, Adrian, the, the thing that keeps jumping out at me and, and, and like the more I was getting into what Ben Simmons life has been like the last few months, I was just struck by like, I mean, he's driving all over Philly to find a, a place to train, to find some place where he's not going to get seen by, you know, people and thrown on social media. Now, okay. What the fuck are we talking about here? He's driving he so much. <laughs> Oh my God, he's having to drive. <laughs> <laughs> he has <laughs> access to a state-of-the-art training facility that he can't go to because he motherfucked everybody in the building for the last six months. Okay. Organizing runs of five-on-five five guys all over the city. I mean, it's just a lot of work for him to organize all of this himself. <laughs> and it felt so <laughs> unnecessary when he could just go to the practice facility, like the Sixers say they want him back, but if they, he doesn't want to train with the team or their coaches, he's absolutely free to train at the facility at any point. And you just keep coming back to this feeling of like, he's so uncomfortable there. He's so uncomfortable just being in Philadelphia, being in this situation. It's so toxic that he will literally drive an hour out of his way every single day go to a public health club to lift weights, do <gasps> anything he has, you know, at the high school gyms at a, he went, got over to St. Joe's. Like he's, you know, he's do all of it just to avoid being in that gym. And I'm just, you know, I, I know we've all talked about mental health and we've it's all just, it's just, it, she's just so full of shit. Like the whole thing is just so full of shit. I, I can't believe like it's, it's he has to drive an making. hour, Mike. He has like, to drive an of hour. His own, it's of his own making. It's toxic because of how he's handled himself and his right. agents have handled themselves and the, what they've tried to throw their weight around. Like when you try to like big dog a team and be like, trade me or I'm going to like be extremely obnoxious. And they're like, no, then you have limited moves. You can just keep being obnoxious, but it's not <laughs> going to make the workplace less toxic. It's making it more toxic. 
I get wanting to be traded. Like, I really get it. I understand just being like, the vibes are bad for me. I don't want to be here anymore. Goodbye. I understand it. It's fine. He's well within his rights to feel that way. But like, you, you signed a big ass contract. Your agency is not as powerful as you thought it, thought it was. And now you're like also being like, I have to drive a lot. And I want <laughs> everyone to know. I, and my people around me want everyone to know like how upsetting it is that I have to like plan workouts myself. As if like he's doing that. Planning as if he's as if he's like right. himself, like he's having to like beg a manager of an LA fitness to like please open the gym. Like, what are your hours? Like, he's not doing that. That's not how it works. You're not gonna get sympathy. You can you can get sympathy for being like, hey, he wanted to be traded, he, he misses playing basketball, but like the situation's bad. But like the other just like reaching, it's, everything is just such a reach. It's such a reach because it's all bullshit because the justification is like he doesn't he doesn't play anymore. He doesn't like the guys. Doesn't like Doc. Doesn't feel like they have his back. I think he's wrong in a bunch of ways, but I think I understand the feeling. It's just the the it's just pitiful. <laughs> like, what's the report? What is it? What, what is the what is the concept? Here's what a player who is has decided to hold out. Oh right, right. Here's what they are doing when they're not playing by choice. And it's like, yeah, I imagine they're, they're driving, playing basketball in like little gyms and shit and like asking Samaj Inge not to leak the video. But like, it's your choice. All of this was his choice and all of this was agent's choice. They thought that they could big dog the Sixers. They have not been successful. I don't know if this report is going to make them more successful. Like Daryl's already withstood a ton more other bullshit. Maybe there's like a third rail that Clutch and Ben are willing to go to to like if they don't trade him before next Thursday that like now it'll be really bad but like it's there's you have limited power this is what happens when you sign a contract with a team and then decide not to show up anymore I don't it doesn't care you're not going to get like honestly maybe like Josh Harris should subsidize your gas mileage what (laughs) do you write it off build yourself a gym very hard the, uh, to give a fuck about that. The hardest stomach YouTube comment of the week comes from Seda Neen. Well, if Jonah Bolden says this NFT stuff is gang gang, then I guess it's gang gang, my dudes. Can't argue with that. Congrats. <laughs> the uh, couple of mailbag questions before we get out of here. We are one week from the trade deadline. This comes, we're going to do a pod the night before, right? A quick one the night before the trade deadline and then one the night of the trade deadline. Michael definitely be doing in the dark from his closet or something. <laughs> Writes to Sanchez at gmail.com is where you send us a, a, Rick, a basketball question and non-basketball questions. Comes from Jake. Hey, Spike, Mike, and CJ. The fuck is that? Longtime listener, occasional live event attender, and first-time emailer. Just wanted to say, I'm so glad you guys are now a crypto and Sixers podcast. Combining my two favorite hobbies in one podcast has been absolutely amazing, and I just wanted to thank you. I've been listening since 2015, and the most recent pod was probably my all-time favorite. I thoroughly enjoy Mike's reaction to anything crypto-related. Please have a Crypto with Mike be a regular segment of the podcast moving forward. P.S. I just bought purchased a big barker for my newly adopted Great Dane slash Boxer Pup. It should arrive in the next few days. What do you think, Crypto with Mike? Absolutely not. <laughs> I don't under, I don't. I don't understand or care to understand enough. It's got to be a it's got to be a sparing situation when the when when it's called for. Was the, there any uh, was there any report about Ben's NFTs and Ramona's thing? Did she go into that? How she, he's clinging to his how he's part of the board eight digital clan. piece of art. Is it gutter cat clan? Is gang gang? Is gang gang? At least, at least, but at least his gutter cat <laughs> is gang gang is, from this gorilla's <laughs> art that anyone could have. <laughs> Thank One you. of my favorite, uh, the the uh, you know the the experience of Twitter as as mostly uh, served its purpose for me, and I, I don't enjoy it anymore. But one of the funniest things I see is when people just right click and save the NFT pictures and tweet them back at the people that just bought them. <laughs> it's, it's funny. It's good. This comes this comes from it's a little Mike. Bit like it's a little bit like putting your head on a kid that is your hand on a kid that is like trying to f- f- throw punches at you. you. Yeah. Yeah. 
<laughs> this comes from Mike. Long, hey, Spike and Mike, longtime listener, first time email, first time mailbagger, big fan. Basketball question: If the Sixers win the title this year, allow a guy to dream for a minute. Are they obligated to send twenty five rings since he is signed to the roster? Who makes that call? If so, I find it hilarious to imagine that. How would they do it? A ring ceremony with his first game back with a new team? Personal delivery from Joel? Chance for high comedy here. So I did think about this for the first time a couple of days ago. Realized oh, wow. that. Like if that, they would give him a ring. But how mm-hmm. they would do it is an interesting way to do it. I would probably, if, they, if, if he's on the team the whole year, if they trade him, either way really. Especially if he's on the team the whole year, and they just magically win the championship without trading him. Um, it'd be nice if someone just like drove by and just like sort of chucked the ring like out the window, like didn't even stop, like a like a South Philly slide, <laughs> and just like chucked it goodbye, uh, like off his front gate. That that would probably be a valuable way to do it. Um, wait, we should say uh, very cool that Dave Yeager was back on the sidelines. Yes, um, he's been gone a few months with. What sounded like, obviously, very scary cancer treatment. Um, yeah, and welcome back, nice Dave to, to be doing better and everything. That's that's got to that's got to be tough. And hopefully, it was nice for the guys to see him and everything. Yeah. And then non-basketball question, Mike. I have a friend with GI issues as well, and I know he has mapped out of uh, mapped out all of the most classy free toilets in Philly for when the need to poop arises. Uh, he had to tell where the best free dump is within two block radius anywhere in center city. Do you have a favorite public place to go number two? Uh, first of all, it's awesome. Good for that guy. Um, do I, I like a grocery store more than a gas station because gas station, you have to like go in and then hope that it's okay and hope that no one's there. And then you have to go out. It's a lot of movement. Whereas like one, I'm a straight line driver when I need to go. My brain is there's, not like working. There's bathrooms at a high level. in grocery stores. Yeah. Oh, really? Oh, yeah. I don't oh, think yeah. I've ever. And seen usually that. multiple. Usually. Mm. Um. So and people don't use them that much as much as they're stopping at gas stations. So I stopped at uh, an Albertsons last weekend, and uh, and went for it. Um. Yeah. Don't love a restaurant. I feel guilty. It's a combination of like guilt and shame and panic, and in my brain just like is not working at a high, at a high level. When that happens, um, I like but an a airport. favorite spot. I've definitely like, I definitely know where my friends live to be like, okay, I can at least go to this person's house if I'm around there, <laughs> if need be, those kinds of things. Or if I've been to a restaurant before, sometimes I'll be like, oh, I'm just in the back. Like, I don't know. It's uh, it's been and it's and it's definitely been made worse during COVID because it's just something about like stopping and going inside and all that stuff has never been good. So, yeah, it's. I wish it didn't happen. I take a you know. Sometimes you got to take an Imodium to make sure if you're going on a long drive or something, especially in the mornings. Any, any, uh, I've gone to see some gastroenterologists about it, but you know, it's a combination of like bad stomach and like anxious brain. Those combination is not, not good. My friend Gordon, when we all lost our jobs at WISP, we lived in old city, Philadelphia. And to him, the best thing was they didn't turn off his, ID. So if he needed a place to go to the bathroom, he had a place right at Fourth and Market. I love that. <laughs> he had a public restroom. Last that. email. This comes from Jivan. Um, basketball. It come. It seems like with every new piece of information, even from Ben's camp, it continues to make him look worse. Should we be worried that his reputation in the league becomes so soiled that he chooses to just hang it up and pivot to his career in gaming and NFTs? That'd be funny. So, um, I'm not worried. Obviously, I have no idea about that. But I'm not worried yeah. about like his value getting worse. Like there's nothing that almost nothing that could happen that would, if you, if you like Ben Simmons and you think he's a good uh, distressed asset where you could trade for and figure it out with him in whatever role, either like on a rebuilding team where you think like get hand in the keys and see what he's got or on like a, on a contending team where you're just like be Draymond, like those kinds of deals. I think you are going to like him no matter what. And you just, chalk this up to like a bad fit in the same way that like Jimmy Butler was a not a pleasant person to be around at, in the previous stops prior to Miami. Um, so I, I just don't think that much can happen. It's annoying. It's annoying to watch and deal with, but I think, you know, especially for the teams that are like desperate to make the playoffs, desperate to make a run, desperate to like 
solidify their defense and and transition game it is like it's not going to make that much of a difference because to get a guy like ben with as many years on his contract you are like you're just not gonna this isn't gonna make that much of a difference you're doing your homework to be like hey what shape is he in how much does he give a shit what do you really want to come to minnesota or sacramento or indiana or wherever um but i don't think like there's much more like damage that can be done It, it is what it is at this point I give credit to Steve McDonald who said, uh, who sent me a note like in November and he was like, I think there's a 20% chance he never plays again. What do you think? And I was like, less than 0.1%. And I've raised it to 1%. So I, 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 it's not out of the question to me at this point. And then non-basketball, you've talked a lot about bathroom decorum on the pod. Can we get some kitchen content What's your deadline to eat leftovers? How many times do you use your sponge before switching to a new one? Do you want to give anybody just a, a piece of kitchen advice or something that you, you think about? Um, I'm the dishes guy. I'm great mm. at loading a dishwasher. Excellent at it. We, have, we didn't have one at our old apartment. We didn't have one the whole time. So I was out without a dishwasher for like six years. Um, and so now we have one and it's, and I'm, I'm pretty maniacal about it, making sure everything lays in nicely. Mm-hmm. And then I do the dishes as well. Alyssa does most of the cooking. She's a way better cook than I am. I'm good at, a, I'm good at breakfast, but everything else, pretty, pretty mediocre. Decent at vegetables, but pretty mediocre elsewhere. Um, I, let a, I let a sponge go maybe a little bit too long. Yeah, but now too. that we have a dishwasher, I, like, I only use it for the pots and pans and stuff, so it's not... It's not a strenuous dishwasher, but I, I could probably be better about just like not salvaging it. What am I doing? Who am I doing this for? What am I, am I saving the planet or am I saving like 45 cents? What is, just throw it away. This is me and talking I, to myself. I never have leftovers because I, like, because I'm vegan, my wife isn't, we usually eat different things for dinner. So I just make exactly the amount that I need. And when I order something, I eat the whole thing, whether I should or not. I never have leftovers anymore. Never, never. So, and I, I also leave the the sponge for too long. And I probably yeah. use too many paper towels. And it's bad for the environment, but I just, I love paper towels. I just fucking love them. Viva they is the best good. paper towel. They are pretty good. We got a week until the trade deadline. Uh, until then, Ben Simmons will be driving around for up to an hour to find a gym where nobody will recognize him. He is so famous and rich and can't go to his own place of work. So a week. He's the, drive, still be. the driving is tough. <laughs> if only, it, oh, if only like, people would just stop like doing crime and <laughs> inequality would be over and it would, it'd be fine. <laughs> if only there wasn't any more racism than like environment. We got it. Come on, Woj. Whip us, whip us together. Whip them into shape, Woj. You can do it. Come on. And I'm generally pro Woj, but that is that was ridiculous. I have a Woj story. I don't know if I can tell from years ago. Maybe I'll hold it for the final pod. It's a great story. All right, we will talk to you what this weekend, right? Sunday they play the Bulls on Sunday, so we'll do it after the Bulls game. Isn't that what it is? They play the Mavs on Friday night and then the Bulls on Sunday. Tough, tough couple of games there in Dallas. Yeah. All right, we'll talk to you this weekend. Are you done with TTP? If you don't fuck with me, then I won't fuck with you. If you don't fuck with me. Then I, 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 I,